Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hour two of the show on a thirsty Thursday, Stricky. Don't forget. You already know. Don't forget. Countdown's on. I ain't forgot. I didn't figure you did, but just want to make sure. I'll be here. You know it's good for me. Hmm. Appreciate Kevin. He'll be in the hour and a half to, to lead off old school, I presume. But this is On the Block brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Stricky, are you even going to eat supper tonight or is Mary Ellen still going to be with That's you? That's it. That's it? That's You're it. done? You're good? That's a wrap. It's, <laughs> it's over with. Yeah, it's not happening. Speaking of wraps, that's maybe the one thing Mary Ellen's doesn't do. Um, is there an opportunity listen, for that? Listen, man. They don't need to. The portions but... they give you is well enough. Like, I, I still have extra chicken. Ooh. I, I still, like, so I'm... I'm you don't need a two-piece chicken when they gave you three. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a thing. I don't need anything else. I'm good. Appreciate Charles and uh, everyone out at Mary Ellen's 29th and Pine Lake here in Lincoln. Make sure you go check them out. Tell them on the block sent you. Um, if you have any thoughts on anything we're talking about here on the show, 402-464-5685. The number for you to get in, uh, we have Swayze and Jim on the YouTube stream as well. Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter also have comments available, so feel free to tap in there. Where are we going with hour two? A couple different places. First of all, NFL. We're rounding into... Uh, you know, good postseason races, really. There's still a lot to be determined. So we'll get into the playoff picture. Who's your pick for the one seed? And how does the wild card shake out? Who do we think ends up making it in? And then in our next segment, we'll talk about some Big Ten basketball, some hoops there, some interesting Nebraska notes. Huskers starting to get some national attention, but Big Ten looking to constrict the conference tournament rather than expand it with the addition of a few new teams. All right, Strick, to the NFL we go. Let's start in the AFC, where I think four teams are legitimately alive for the one seed. Right now, it's Baltimore sitting in first place. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, the only team in the conference with a 9-3 and three record. Uh, right behind them, three teams at 8-3. and three. The Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Miami Dolphins. Those are obviously your division leaders. Is Baltimore good enough to hang on to that one seed? Do they have enough in them in the tank through five more games to be able to hold on to that one seed? 
Or do you think any of those other, you know, divisional leaders right now can make a run and push Baltimore down a seed line or two? So let me just look at it and bring it up. I want to I want to look at their schedule just so that I can uh, take a better sneak peek and see what I see. And my Internet is terrible. But anyway, <laughs> just just OK, here we go. Just thinking off the head, I'm going to say no without seeing a schedule. Mm. Um, I think they're tough. I think there are probably some, you know, a few other teams there. I still think there's a couple teams just in their division that could clip them. So I'm going to look now at their schedule because it's, it's you know, what? There's a couple teams just sitting right behind them with only with seven and four, which yeah, is Pittsburgh Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh, Cleveland, right? Both seven and four now, right now. Now, a lot of people wouldn't say probably Pittsburgh would be that, that team, but they've been sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they've won. I don't know if they've been sneaky good. They've been sneaky successful. Sne- okay, yeah, there you go. That, that's a good. That's a better word. Um, who they play, the Rams, that's a hit or miss situation, but I think they win that game because it's at home. Then you got to go out to Jacksonville. You just don't know. And then you've got the 49ers, you've got the Dolphins, and then you finish with the Steelers. Ooh. So I just don't, I don't think so, my boy. Do you trust Kansas City's offense to get it figured out? Do you trust Jacksonville to take advantage of a weak division? Or do you think Miami can actually beat a good team? Because Miami's beat up on a pretty weak schedule so far. Which of those three teams do you give the best chance then to pass the Ravens? So you got Miami. Who else? Uh, Jacksonville and Kansas City, all at 8-3. and three. I probably would say... I would, put, I would probably put my money on Miami. But... Uh, I definitely don't have no belief in Jacksonville <laughs> whatsoever. But but listen, their their point differential is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They're almost 30 point. So it, it's one of those things that I think that well, you know what? I'm going to say I think Jacksonville beats up on a on a, you know, slightly weaker division. But listen, the Titans, not the Titans, the Titans could probably beat you on any given night. Their defense sucks. Mm-hmm. So that's the part that they don't do well. Then you just don't have a quarterback, so you know we've always known that situation. We could, I, I could actually say that I knew that they would be here at some point in time, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because yeah. of their you know just not having a quarterback situation. Um, but I'm I'm really impressed with uh, CJ Stroud. CJ has been balling, balling. I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed. I mean, he's got them. You know, the defense is doing what they need to do. Um, you know, they're winning at home. You know, two wins on the road. I think if they can step up, a, you know, another win or two on the road, mm-hmm. take care of home, they, you know, watch out. They might be able to, you know, jump into a, a, a you know, a sneaky wild card situation. Never mm-hmm. know. Speaking of the wild card in the AFC, before we get over to the NFC, the three teams in that wild card position right now is Pittsburgh at seven and four, Cleveland at seven four, and my, my boys, <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> who are absolutely going to make the playoffs without a shadow of a doubt. They're killing it on the road. Stricky, they're hanging in there. I, I can't believe they're doing the damage. That, I, 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 I wouldn't believe it, but uh, what's going to happen with uh, Jonathan? Uh, I don't know, but I also think they're okay. Okay. I think Zach Moss has been really good this year. Kenny, uh, no, not, I would say the only... Let me Let me start this thought over again. Gardner Minshew is probably the better quarterback in all but one of Indianapolis's remaining games, which obviously there's more to it than that. But the defense has taken a big step up. 
the rest of the schedule for the Colts streak is you go at the Titans with an, in a banged up Will Levis. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, you're on the road there. Burrow's better than Minshew, but that team hasn't, but he's out. So that doesn't count. It's Jake Browning on the schedule. Um, the Steelers, maybe you take Pickett over Minshew. Maybe you don't. I don't know. You get the Falcons. You take Minshew over Desmond Ritter. The Raiders, you take him over Alex O'Connell or Alex Aiden O'Connell. And then C.J. Stroud and the Texans to finish out the year. I think that game is going to be huge. That, that might determine playoff position in seeding, whether Indianapolis stays in or Houston jumps them. Mm-hmm. Indy's been on a little bit of a roll, though. They've won three in a row after a tough loss. Um, you know, they lost three in a row, got blown up by Jacksonville. Probably should have beat the Browns, but let that one slip away. Uh, defense was really bad against the Saints, but they've rattled off three wins in a row against the Panthers, Patriots, and Buccaneers. So not not necessarily great teams there, but the rest of the schedule is pretty soft. I think Indy can make a run. I'm worried Pittsburgh is built on a little bit of a, a house of cards, but the other team that I'm keeping an eye on, well, the two teams that are right outside that playoff picture, Houston with TJ Stroud playing like a top 10 quarterback, and Stricky, don't look now, but the Broncos might be figuring some stuff out. That's what I was just about to say. Do you think they can? They they're five, they've won five straight. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the differential that they have, as far as uh, just they've been sneaking it out and they've been winning. And I I, I just wonder. I wonder are they going to do something special mm-hmm. after such a dismal start? Who do you trust more, Denver or Buffalo? Denver right now. I have. I just. Buffalo just they they they're they're like a, a bad movie. <laughs> it was a good movie, but a bad scene. And uh, there was a guy on the movie called Life, and his name was Can't Get Right. <laughs> they just to me seem like they just can't get right. Buffalo Strick has the second best point differential in the AFC. They're plus one hundred one this year, behind only Baltimore at plus one thirty seven, and yet Buffalo six and six. <laughs> Right. That shouldn't be possible. Like Buffalo is Nebraska-ing the crap out of their season right now. Um they're they're it's like it's like cliff diving. Like they're staring over the cliff. They know that they need to make a, a good dive, a good effort. They need to land a certain way in order mm-hmm. to keep themselves from destroying themselves. They just can't jump. Right. There, there's, there's something holding them back, and for me, it would be the fear of how high the heck I am up there. I know I wouldn't be jumping. I'd be like, wait a minute, I'm walking back <laughs> down the stairs. You know, I'm. No. Might take me half an hour, but I'm walking. Right. So at the end of the day, I don't know what it is about this Buffalo team that's just they have them. But we saw it last year, though, right? I mean, we kind of start start seeing signs of it last year. Mm-hmm. It's like a big carryover, and whatever the animosity or. I don't even know if it's that. Whatever beef or something going drama, on with Diggs, drama, I don't yeah. know. Is no, there's something going on with Josh Josh Allen. Maybe Josh Allen needs a change of scenery. Change of scenery. I don't know. That would be one to maybe throw out to Jay, except he's uh, doing Big Ten stuff, so we won't be until hour two today. So we'll have the full show, but we'll definitely keep that on the back burner for Jay. Yeah. Let's switch it over to the NFC now, Strick. Philadelphia leading the way out there at 10-1. and one. Uh, they're two games clear of both San Francisco and Detroit. Also Dallas, who's 8-3, and three, but also in the same division. Philly hasn't been impressive as they were last year. They kind of feel Iowa-esque. Obviously, the offense is better. They have many more playmakers than, than Iowa does. 
But Philadelphia's just finding a way to win. It's gritty. It's tough. San Francisco was my pick for the one seed in the NFC before the year. They have a couple issues in the back end of their secondary. Philly, for all its warts, has found ways to win, and it's astounding. I can't even really speak on it because it just looks ugly. It seems like they're going to fall, and then all of a sudden they figure it out. Just at the by the hair of their chinny chin chin, mm-hmm. they figure it out. And and um, I mean that's a that's a great thing to have. I think that's a big lesson that you learn after going to you know the Super Bowl and coming up short. I think you you know it creates a way to learn how to figure things out. Mm-hmm. So it creates just this little extra you know spunk. And uh, you know San Francisco is still dangerous, bro. They're 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 still so dangerous. So many weapons uh, from week to week, and you know it doesn't matter IU. It doesn't matter one week. It could be you know some. There's there's a couple of games where Debo Samuel's barely has any yards, and yeah, he's on my fantasy there, team. I know. You know you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But then you'll go go nuts another night. I mean, McCaffrey's probably the most consistent you know thing out of that's mm-hmm. going on right there out of them. But their defense is still strong as well. It sure is. So here's this. Who do you trust more? The Lions leading their division or the Jaguars? I know you said you're out on the Jaguars, but are you in well, on the Lions? The Jaguars are just sneakily, they're just there. I mean, they're obviously, um, what, what is the weaker division? You know what I'm saying? I think oh, there's just a lot of, I, I, I mean, I think there's just a lot of parody in football right now that it, it, it's it's created this dynamic, but I want to. I want so badly to believe in the uh, the Lions, but I just don't know if they, when it gets down to tight, tough, really tight, tough games, do they have the pedigree? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can you rely on you know on your golf. quarterback play on golf, mm-hmm. right? Um, can they make the plays? Because it just doesn't seem like that's the case from week to week, and. Um, you know, I think they could even lose to a Chicago Bears team if they have to face them again. You know, I mean, I, I just you just don't know mm-hmm. with the Lions what team's going to show up, and so I think I probably in that instance rely more on even Jaguars. Sad, sad as that to say. Big game tonight on Thursday Night Football. You have the Cowboys and you have the Seahawks. The Cowboys pretty comfortably in the playoff picture. They're two games clear of Seattle. Uh, Dallas in the five spot. Seattle in six right now. Um, a couple of websites have this playoff leverage. If Seattle loses, they're down in the 40s for their chances. If Seattle wins tonight, if they find a way to beat down. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Alice, they have a 65% chance of making the playoffs. 65% likely. And here's the thing. Seattle could do it. They are so up and down. They can beat anyone. They can lose to anyone. You would think playing Dallas, you would get the best out of Seattle, but if they're going to win, it's going to have to be in a shootout, I think. Yeah, and... (sighs) I mean, I know Geno came back and played, but I, I think something happened to him on that, that hit, and I don't know if they're masking it or does he just have great bounce back. I don't know if it's a hand. I don't know if it's an arm or shoulder. We, 
but I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on anybody else outside of Gino for them to lead him there. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and mm-hmm. and and that's asking a lot, right? Because <laughs> you know, Gino's Gino to me is a just a better version of Tannehill. I think a better version can do do more. I think he can make sure. more throws. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is just okay. You, you win know, with him, not because of him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how you used to see in Tannehill's day. You yeah. know what I mean? You have enough around you that you just just be solid, and you don't. You're not going to hurt us, mm-hmm. you know, unless you you're trying to do too much. That's how he kind of comes across for me. Speaking of trying to do too much, Josh Dobbs was a great story his first couple weeks for the Minnesota Vikings. He's taken a step back, put the ball at risk quite a bit. Green Bay has been playing great, but the Packers sit just a half a game behind the Vikings. Which team feels better about their quarterback right now? The Vikings with Josh Dobbs or the Packers with Jordan Love? I I think Love probably has more upside. I like Josh. I, I I think he just needs more time. You know, I think what what ends up happening is once 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 teams get an opportunity to really look at you and and and, and do deep dive assessments of you, right? Mm-hmm. So let me let me try to give you an analogy. Um, you remember there was a time called Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn. Oh, Jeremy yeah. Lynn, right? Comes in and just kind of takes the league by storm, right? But then he gets a big deal. I think he ends up in Houston, maybe played a little bit with the Lakers. But when people start figuring you out and figuring out, you know, just kind of what your thing is, that's the hardest thing about being a professional. Mm. You've always got to be able to come back with something. If you're Joey Bosa and you're a tremendous rush end, you know, maybe your speed gets it, but then you have to figure out a good bull rush. You've got to figure out some technique that looks like speed that creates bull. You know, so you've got to start making these changes because linemen are going to start studying you. Same thing with patterns and tendencies. DBs are watching you. Dion, Dion taught me that. I mean, there's things mm-hmm. that he watched on people as to kind of what type of routes they were going to run or if they were going to run flies. They did some little shuffle. You know, there was things that he would tell me. I was like, dang, really? you know, and it was the same with me. I knew Gary Payton. I knew what Gary Payton was going to do. He's going to go two to the middle and try to spin back with a left finish. I knew Jason Kidd. He's going to drive hard on fast break, and he's going to cross over to the left to try. You, you learn these types of things, right? Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson, I'm not letting him go right. I'm going to try to force him left because he's most likely shooting. You just kind of start to learn certain little little things just to give you enough of an edge, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it is. When you look at holistically, whether it's, you know, basketball, football, even baseball, how much of adding something new is on the players taking that responsibility in the offseason? How much of it is on coaches to find, you know, a new play, a new action off their bread and butter? Um, I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. It's a combination of both. Um, there's it's, it's so much detail in it right now, man. Um, you know, the analytics of it is, is, is crazy because, they, you know, they have this thing called synergy. And uh, Synergy, what it literally tells you is they run this pick-and-roll play at this location 60% of the time. This person coming off the pick-and-roll shooting at this spot is 40%, you know, not taking the pick-and-roll, going baseline, 
with a mid-range. He's 60%. I mean, it literally gives those type of details. Mm-hmm. And so as a player, you can go in there and assess how people are viewing you as a coach. You can take this in here and say, hey, here's where I need you to get better. So there's a lot of conversations that can be had out of it and growth that can be had out of it. But you you have to be willing to sit down and be able to take the scrutiny and the criticism or even criticize yourself. That willingness, I think, is a piece that's sometimes missing. We talked about that a lot last basketball season with Russell Westbrook. Was he willing to take take a lesser role to get to his spots and CP3 only his spots? Even right now, CP. Oh, Stricky, we have to have a conversation about the no. Warriors. Yeah, it's horrible right now. What's going on? It, it is not good. But yeah. but we talked about it with with Thompson and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's coming to life. They're gonna have to make decisions. Steve Kerr didn't make the right decision. It seemed. And, you know, he said he had remorse for taking Moses Moody out of the game and putting Andrew Wiggins back in. Well, here's the thing: Wiggins is out tonight with finger soreness. CP 3s out. Gary Payton, uh, the mitten, Gary Payton, the second. Yeah, the mitten, Strick. He's the mitten. That's his nickname. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> I like that one, the mitten. The mitten. I love that. Yeah. That's hilarious. GP2. Okay. GP2, that's right. They're okay. all out. I mean, here's the thing. Steph is still really good, still near the peak of his powers. He's getting old. Draymond is getting more dramatic and less productive. Clay is slow-footed at this point. I can respect what the Warriors were doing, but between all their missed draft picks and now Kerr being too loyal to guys that aren't performing and not sending a message, I think the Golden State Warriors are in trouble, Stricky. Who left? Bob Myers left. (laughs) We talked about this. Mm -hmm. Bob Myers saw the writing on the wall. He's like, I don't want none of that smoke (laughs) and dumped it on Dunleavy. Unfair to do to my my beloved people. I actually feel feel (laughs) bad. He dumped, he dumped, all of that trash on Dunleavy because mm-hmm. he saw the writing. I'm, you know, it's it's just part of the game as well. And because Myers guess who's going to take the fall? Steve Kerr, Draymond, Clay, Steph. They're going to dump it on Dunleavy. Oh, tr- well, yeah, right. They're going to dump it on yeah. Dunleavy. Unfortunately, because guess what? Dunleavy is going to have to make a decision, and if the decision does not pan out, he gone. He got out of there. Which. And it's you know, the nature of the, the job. It, it is part of the job. But Myers was responsible for a lot of those drafts. Exactly. That's what. That's what this. That's why if I'm done, Levy, I might have been like, "Yeah, I love you," but I mean, but again, it's an opportunity. You get it. You get mm-hmm. in the mix. You know, there's there's a there's a genesis. You know, connections that happen within that group. So I can understand why he took it, but ooh, I I don't know. And you think NBA teams would see that situation, right? They're not just going to say, oh, this move didn't work out. He's a bad GM, never hiring again. I I would think that NBA teams would be savvy enough to look at the process of the decision-making and say, hey, here's the context. Here's what Bob Myers left him with. Here are the draft picks that, yeah, Dunleavy was a part of, but didn't have the ultimate say on. And hey, he was willing to make the tough call to blow this team up. Or hey, he tried to get creative and salvage a season. Wait, what do you do? Do you try and salvage it with a trade? Or do you say blow it up we're getting rid of all our expiring contracts and starting from scratch well if i look at that roster i i, w- I cannot and will not negotiate with the agent of clay thompson i will let that kind of mm-hmm. play itself out um uh at the end of the day you're not going to get anybody for draymond green so you're going to have to you you you've locked yourself into that and that's unfortunate you can try to do something off season you can try to connect Draymond with somebody like the Lakers or somebody that he has a relationship that has right. some pool to maybe some sway a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, you know, 
that's kind of how you would do that situation. Uh, Steph is not going anywhere. Um, I like I like the keeping of young fella. I think you need to move some people around. You might be able to move Wiggins. I think that salary is very high, similar to Jordan Poole. If you can right. unload that, you could. And the reason being is I put the pressure on Kaminga and the likes of them to step up, show up, or try to get some form of assets from any of their young young group of guys. That's that's mm-hmm. the really the only thing. Steph's not going anywhere. He'll probably retire a Golden State Warrior. That's probably going to be the situation there. Who do you trade first, Wiggins or CP3? You probably can't move CP3 at this point, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. Too much money? I, Too I old? Think, I, think, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think it's both. Um, because let me throw it at you. Um, just off the head, mm-hmm. and Sardar Hamer text line 402-464-5685, if you're a GM and CP3 becomes available, and, and see if we can look up his salary real quick, just 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 to throw that up while I while I table this uh, this question. If you're a GM uh, and Austin is looking up the salary, if you're a GM and CP3 becomes available, where would he be a good fit and what team do you think he would go to or should go to? He's making $30,800,000. For how many more years? Guaranteed for this year, it's non-guaranteed next year. But if they pick up the option, it's still that same 30.8. So so he's got value. Mm-hmm. Because of the expiring of not having to take right. the salary or the option, mm-hmm. the options in the player into the uh, the staff's hands. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Swayze, for uh, reaching out on that as well. Um, you know, it's a little less Swayze, but that's okay. Listen, where Brad says Orlando, and I disagree. I, I absolutely disagree. The, I like what they got going down there. They're cooking. Eight I like zero. what they got going down mm-hmm. there. No, I'm not throwing that in the mix. False. Falsetto. The, if you're a singer. What I might have done was, if I'm Memphis, I try to consolidate some of my young players that I have a lot of that aren't all playing, knowing that I can get 25 games early out of Chris Paul because he'll break down late. Maybe I make that swing for a you know early regular season boost. Jock comes I think back. it's too late for that. It's far too late for that now. Yeah, I think that, that could have been something early, but I, I agree, but I think it's far too late for that now. Go ahead. If the money was less... I wouldn't hate him in Detroit to mentor Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Killian Hayes, but the money, Stricky, the money. There you go. That that's kind of where I would have went mentally. Um, now, if I knew I'm going to get that salary, let me tell you where I would throw him. Milwaukee. Okay. I thought about the Bucks too. Talk to me. I'm I'm doing that because I know I have Dane. Mm-hmm. He's getting more, majority of my minutes. I know Chris's value to me is leadership. And once I need to rest Dame, I know I've got somebody who can give me a good 20 mm. in the mix of this, but yet still do what I need him to do running with Giannis. Has a great midi that if you come off of him, he can shoot the three and on spot up, but he also can give you mid-range and put pick-and-roll work. Mm-hmm. That's where I like him. That's a big, heavy pick-and-roll team. They work that angle a lot. I could have I could have liked him on that. And it and it and if it made sense, I don't know trade-wise how they could they make, could it, make it happen yeah. because I haven't looked at their Milwaukee's roster. 
But Milwaukee is kind of gutted, and I don't think they'd want to get rid of their number three, which is Chris Middleton. Right. I don't think they would do that. So there's where the dilemma comes in is how you do it because you don't want to give up draft picks. You want to attain them, mm-hmm. but how can you take it and still get rid of it? Now, uh, if Chris isn't working out for you, you know maybe you go in with a young fella and you throw Chris in and switch Chris Middleton, send him down there. Uh, but I don't think that makes sense for Golden State. No. Yeah. I don't think it does either. So, but that's just hypothetical. For sure. We'll see what the Warriors do. They're definitely at a crossroads. The two timelines playing became a zero timelines plan <laughs> very quickly for them. We'll see how former Duke Blue Devil, former national champion, Mike Dunleavy Jr. handles that. He's strict. I'm Austin. We're, we're going to keep talking hoops when we get back. There's some momentum in the Big Ten for not including all 18 teams in the Big Ten basketball tournament at the end of the year. What would that look like? Why would that decision be made? We'll dive into that and what it means or could mean for Nebraska basketball men's and women's when we get back to On the Block. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill 